Welcome to What She Said. My name is Candace Sampson, and when I first took over What She Said in January 2020, I jokingly asked in the intro, what could possibly go wrong? And then 2020 said, let me show you. My life has been a country song ever since, but then again, so is everyone else's right now. Thankfully, through this podcast, I get to meet the most amazing and inspiring women in Canada and around the globe and share their stories with you. What She Said is here to talk about anything and everything under the sun as interpreted by and through the perspective of women. Because honestly, we've heard what he said for long enough. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Today's show is coming right up. The connection between mental and physical health is indisputable. The challenge, of course, is getting your head on board with this knowledge. My next guest thinks that in order to get through this pandemic, and in fact, all stresses in life, it's crucial to give meaning to the suffering. She is a professor of psychology at the University of Windsor, TEDx speaker, and a psychology coach who applies positive psychology to facilitate personal growth and transformational change. I invited her to join me on what she said when she shared a video on Instagram that completely changed how I manage my days. Meet Dr. Andrea DiNardo, who wants you to know that you are the only expert you need in your life and that you can thrive under pressure using three stress resilience tools, challenge, commitment, and control. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you. We have Alex to thank for this connection. Yeah, so I think it's fair, you know, because as a podcast, we can, we can jump in a little bit and, and say how we met, which was online. And I find that, um, you know, my life has been online for 10 years, but I think because of this pandemic, even more so, these connections that we make with people are very digital, um, and yet we're still finding great ways to uh, make friends, right? A hundred percent. And it's, it's like our heart aches for it because with the isolation. So I always look at the positive. That's the way I'm wired. And so there's always a silver lining. And I did a video. One of the things I do is I create videos in five minutes or less about a psychology topic. And whenever I teach a lesson and the one that I was approached to do was called, or actually I created it. What has COVID awakened in you? And so what has it awakened in you? A renewed appreciation of the moment because there's absolutely nowhere to go. Yeah. You can't time travel. And I see you're a traveler. I'm a traveler. And we can't time travel into the future. And often when we're in some kind of pain, suffering, or frustration, you imagine the trip you're going to take two months from now. Yeah. Well, that's been, that's been getting me through and not getting me through, interestingly enough. You know, I think about, you know, where I want to go and, and what's coming, but there's so much unknown with this that I, that I then am left wondering, will we ever get the opportunity to do that again? Which leads me to think, I really do need to embrace the here and now and make the best of this moment rather than pining for something that may or may not be. Absolutely, because on the other side of it, when it happens, because equally hopeful that whether it be the vaccine or like SARS, that that it disappears to some extent, 
that when you actually have that opportunity, it's going to be a reset. Because part of my special my specialty is post-traumatic growth. And it's the idea that when you meet somebody that is happy and joyous, often there's this assumption that their life has been easy. And I know that you're going through a divorce and you're looking at a lot of things very differently now. And part of my work as a psychology coach is to give meaning to the suffering because once the meaning is attached to it, and you know, we can talk about that we have princess problems compared to a lot of people in the world, but pain is pain and pain is relative. So you're going through your own personal crisis in the global crisis and on the so it's a double so if you signed up for this ahead of time you signed up for the phd in life and an md in life and everything on top of that well oddly enough you know i joke around with friends that i feel like i've been in training for this moment for the last two years uh you know because my life has been an upheaval but again not just me lots of people are going through this and i like that you are recognizing that pain is pain and we shouldn't be dismissive of other people's suffering, no matter how insignificant we may feel it is, it is still suffering to them. Absolutely. And the level of pain has to do with the level of coping skills. And so that's what, and that's why someone like me, I practiced psychology for almost 20 years, and I am also a psychology professor, and I really am attracted to education. I always have been. My PhD is in school and counseling psychology. And even as a psychologist, one of the, and you're, you're now a queen enrolled in psychology, which is exciting. And I look forward to encouraging you because to me, education is empowerment. And so that when I worked, I worked full time as a psychologist in school board with parents and teachers. And then I started teaching full time and I teach in a nursing program on a college campus. So they have that at Queens too, they have, they have that in Ottawa. And what I found is that I wanted to teach my clients and I wanted to teach the students basically to make myself unnecessary. So I wanted to give them the skills, really like teach them how to fish, so that Candace was someone like you and the kind of work that I do, and I'll show you how this energy work fits in here, is that I am going to tell you and I'm going to underscore that you're 100% the expert in your own life, that everything I'm going to teach you is, as a coach or a professor in the classroom, is what you already know, but I put a framework on it. Because energy, emotions, very chaotic, very overwhelming, can be very painful. So you really need a guide to help you transmute and transform those energy lessons, the, the pain, into the wisdom. So it's interesting that you're saying all this because, you know, my path to psychology was very much through uh, some very painful moments in my life that had me questioning why people behave the way they do. Why do I behave the way I do? Uh, and so that is what led me to psychology. My daughter is uh, taking a grade 11 introduction to psychology this summer. Is that the 14-year-old? Uh, she is uh, almost 16. I did yeah. my research. <laughs> yeah, and, and so she started taking it, and, and I said to her, you know, I was so happy she was taking it because I feel like psychology should really be mandatory for people to right. learn okay. because yes. once you understand some of the basics of what makes people tick, 
you are much more empathetic. You understand yourself better. You understand them better. So you're holding up a book right now. So what is this book? Archetypes. Who are okay. you? And this is, and just to add into what you're saying, that's the foundation of the work that I do with people. Because if you have the archetype of, uh, I'll just keep it simple, like of a builder, but you're being forced into the classroom to be a lawyer, because that's what your parents want for you, then you're going to feel like a failure your whole life. And so that's why the question of who you are, self-awareness is so important because what I'll even say to my students, because I also teach in 27 different programs, teaching psychology as an elective, including, you know, I love like your daughter bringing it with college or university because I teach in, in all the different programs. And I'll say, I've never met a lazy person. I've only met someone whose fire hasn't been sparked. And so they live a life of shame and blame. And even yourself, you wonder, how did you end up with this partner? How did you end up with this job? And because, and that's why the work that I do starts, actually starts before, it starts before your parents. It starts your grandparents. Because there's this ancestral, super ego, inner voice that is your harshest critic that becomes yours. And once you start to tease it apart, then you realize, you know what? There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I'm just like a one percent or five percent. I just have never fit in. So for you to see that with your daughter, and you can have these enlightened conversations. It really is because for me to, you know, seeing her understand it uh, is empowering for her. It means that we, she has a deeper understanding of where I'm coming from her sister, uh, you know, once you start to understand you're not alone in this, it, yeah. uh, it's, it's so much, uh, it's so much better. So you so hold up another sticky that says break the spell. Okay. So you're essentially knowledge breaks the spell. So the spell is society. The spell is the, essentially you have your parents and, and just think about we're the same age, by the way, we, we're the exact same age. Okay. Um, so you have society, and we just had it really in a very concrete way, and we'll, we'll talk about it in terms of energy, so that we were told what to do by society, and we had shame if we didn't fit in with society. And really, that's your parents' voice, church's voice, all of that. The internet, and I did an interview around this um, for, AM, for the, our local radio on this, the internet has become everybody's parent. Yeah. I get so that. that your daughter is constantly, no matter what we do, she's constantly comparing herself to that. So that you with her can break the spell with knowledge. Right. And, you know, and I think about that too, just on, a, on like what this is doing to our kids' brains, this technology. Yes. And that is huge. We can't underestimate what this is doing because it's unlike anything we've ever seen in human history, this nonstop barrage of images and and uh, messaging being thrown their way. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about um, a video you posted on Instagram because it really, it really spoke to me in that I don't think I'd ever quite thought of it this way, but you said to manage, it's, it's energy management, not time management. And that for me, there was a literal, if, if there was a little light bulb above my head, it, you would have seen it flash on uh, because it was huge. That was a huge moment. So tell me about what 
the difference between energy management and time management. Okay. And, and I'll tell you just a, a little bit of where it came from. For my, I really believe in pressure, Candace. I believe in stress. I believe in pressure. I believe in adversity. I believe in the dark nights of the soul. I believe in everything you've been through and everything your daughters are going to go through. And what our role is, is to support them through that. So I did a TEDx talk called Thriving Under Pressure. And there were three C's, essentially a map from stress to strength. Because when we're in stress and panic, we forget everything that we know. So you saw, right? All of a sudden. Oh, oh, no, like you're, I feel like you're in my head right now. Because when I'm in a moment of stress, I, I mean, I am rational, I'm educated, I can sit here and have a normal conversation. And then the minute my stress level goes up, that's all out the window. I'm just, I'm almost like this, you know, I'm in fight or flight. I, I, so I'm not rational, I'm not my rational mind. And what that is, I'm going to tell you, is it's so universal. I call it stress amnesia. It doesn't matter if you have your PhD in life, your PhD in psychology, or whoever you are, you essentially go down to what I call the basement of the brain. And so your fight, flight, or freeze, and what tends to happen, I'll bring it back around to energy, is what tends to happen when you're in those places, we do things that we're not proud of. Whether you yell, whether you respond to attacks, like, and all of those things. And so one of the three C's of getting out of that stress amnesia from the basement of your brain, it's also called an amygdala hijack, which was coined by Dr. Goldman, who is the founder or the writer of emotional intelligence, and is that you look at what's within your control. So, and so this is, comes from the C. One thing that is within your control is taking a deep breath. But what happens, I'll just bring it back to the technology, is everything's so, 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 so fast that we actually don't step back and we end up doing a series of things that make it bigger. So in the three C's, what I talk about is that we don't have control over time, which you saw. We have control over our energy. So, so I'm going to share with you three tips for you to be in control of your energy. And why it's so important to look at it that way is back to the motivation that we talked about. When you're not motivated, you're depleted. Absolutely. When you're, right? When you're excited about something, you can go on for days. And so what I suggest doing, and I'll show up another visual because I'm a teacher, is keep tracking the first technique is debits and credits. So what you want to do is essentially be conscious of your energy throughout the day in the same way that you're conscious of money. Okay. I'm married to an accountant. Everything's on a spreadsheet. <laughs> and what that does is it gives you a sense of control and so that you don't keep repeating the same things over again. Because Candace, I, I have a feeling that the things that take you to stress amnesia are on repeat. So if you measure, <laughs> like even with everything with COVID, I mean, you, as you said, you live online. And this is a technique, all these techniques are meant for kids from the age of seven to adults to 100. Full disclosure, my mom's a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> so I was raised by another psychologist and she used some of these techniques when we were growing up. So the first one is when you go online, take a measure of what your energy level's like before and after on a scale of one to 10. 
so that you can see if certain accounts are always putting you into that blame and shame part of your brain, that mute it, unfollow it, or any of those things. So give me, for example, something that you know drains you in the course of your day. Oh, I mean, anything. I, I, Facebook. And, and here, I'll, I'll tell you why. There's Please, several reasons. I, I like to make this all live coaching with you. So. so because Facebook for me is a, my business runs off of it. So I have two, uh, two pages that are run that are business related. Plus I have my personal page. Plus I find a lot of interesting content on there that I share out. The problem is, is I get on there and I get sucked into this rabbit hole sometimes. And sometimes it's a very negative rabbit hole. And I can feel that drain because Facebook is, and you know, I re- I shared an article recently about this, that yeah, Facebook yeah. has become this very angry place. Yes. Uh, and so I can feel that drain on me if I spend too much time there. And, okay. So this is another part of coaching is accountability. Accountability. So how have you held yourself accountable? Because we know debits and credits, Debit, it, it literally, and this is especially at our age, we have the really the same amount of energy and like, how do I say this? Um, people always say I'm a very energetic person. It's because I'm very conscious of my energy. And so that, for example, I'm not on Facebook for that reason. I, <laughs> scares, like I just know I would just so I would and we have different businesses but I'm just going to give you for example so I would rather say hey you're going to find me here and they know to find me there so one of the ways to deal with that is either you own it and say I'm here for the business and then there's some accountability put into that and you only get for example so Facebook now tell me something that lights you up tell me something that energizes you that every time you go into that situation you just feel like glowing. Well, this, what we're doing right now, yeah. like, you know, no word of a lie, you know, um, uh, I was recently speaking with my partner. I had applied for, uh, you know, we're in COVID. I'd applied for a job first time in like 25 years um, because, you know, yeah, money's yeah. tight. So, and so we, we were having this conversation about it and about applying for this job and about my, my current business and he was the one who, who said, you know, are you aware of, of how you light up when you talk about what you do? You know, so let's focus on that. Like, that's, that's important. And, and, and that's true. And that's helped me sort of center and bring it back to, okay, I just need to take a deep breath. It will all be fine. Uh, you know, um, so this does light me up. This connection, this connecting women, empowering women, having women have these conversations that they've never had before, um, realizing their strength, this is the stuff that lights me up. And this is your North Star. And even if you look at it in the course of a day and even the course of a week, even if you're doing these interviews maybe an hour, two hours in the course of a week, that will be enough to pull you forward. And so another way to reframe with, with Facebook is that you're going on there, you essentially get paid to go on Facebook for research, and this you do for free. This is your mission. I mean, look, I've seen your work, your body of work is incredible. You're making a difference, you're a role model for your kids. So debits and credits. It's a debit, it's a loss, your energy is taken away when you go on Facebook. 
when you work out, you're, you're, you, you, right? that's another thing that lights you up. When you spend time talking with your daughters about psychology, that lights you up. So when I talk about the first one in terms of being conscious of your energy, that everything is energy, we have never lived in a more energetic world than we do right now that we are physical. And so that really goes into this, another strategy that I'm suggesting. Uh, uh, well, strategy number two is put a time limit on it. So hold yourself accountable that you will put a time limit on negativity, which things that drain you, which also includes conversations with your children, with your friends. So for example, I'm just gonna hold up another visual. When I'm with my friends, we'll put an actual 10 minute, 20 minute time limit on our phones. And that's where we'll have our pain session, our complaint session, our blame session. So just like a hard workout, you get that negative energy out and then you clear the room. So we can talk about the first issue, which you've already shared, what lights you up? Right. So Candace, who is the ultimate that you'd like to interview here? Who's, who's your, who would you want to see? Like, who's your dream person on the chair? Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, oh, give me three. I mean, Michelle Obama, I would love to interview, you know, Oprah, yes. you, know, um, you know, Malala, you know, there's some real, I, I recently, I, you know, last week I, I interviewed a woman who's a Sherpa for the W20 uh, and she just, was so inspiring to me and I know she'll be so inspiring to others when the podcast comes out. Those are the kind of things. And I feel like every interview is continuing to build on that, you know, you're a North star and, and it, it will, because this is the other side of energy that people our age get this rap that once you hit 50 <laughs> to me, that's when our endurance, this is when our roots, this is when our wisdom, this is when it gets to be the fun side of it. So the whole idea of everything is energy, being conscious of how you spend your energy, putting a time limit on it, because I have a feeling the time that you're on Facebook being negative, seeing negative things is not leading you to Michelle Obama. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> It's, it's, it's taking time away, like it's your runs, it's, it's watering your plants, it's all these other things that lead to those goals. So once again, why we are conscious of our energy is because that we can maximize that, we can increase it. Because the last one is really about another tip that I want to share is that when you go, and when you do go online, anchor yourself. Anchor yourself, and literally, I'm just going to show you my Doc Martens. Okay. So when I'm teaching online right now, and it's tough for students, they're under a lot of, you see this with your kids. And so what happens is there could be a lot of projection onto me and that I have to be able to separate what their frustrations are from what, who I am. And so one of the ways that you sort of separate, you know, what's your energy from somebody else's energy is you have a ritual around when you go online. So that even just putting boots on the ground and like grabbing the desk and that is and reminding myself, like I'll have a mantra, I am strong, I am capable, this is not about me. And that, that we have to be careful that you see a lot of people saying I'm an empath, I'm a highly sensitive person. We all are now. We really are. We're a lot more wired for that. So part of that is taking responsibility that it's somebody else's energy and not your energy. Okay. I like that. 
That's well, one, another example of that. Okay. It's almost like for every minute that you're on Facebook or anything that, that, that is draining you, that you have to do it, that you take that time and do it in a meaningful, grounded, uh, meaningful, grounded activity. For example, what tends to happen, online conversations, unlike this, because it's face-to-face, -face, can be very superficial. It's funny, you know, we're talking about online and in different spaces, I think people listening to this will agree that different spaces have different energies. So Facebook's become a very angry place. Uh, Twitter is just this crazy, come say what you feel and then walk out of the room um, sort of space. Instagram is very, Instagram's very positive generally, but also very fake. It has a very fake veneer. TikTok recently, which I've got on, and, and I'm, I'm just a stalker on TikTok, uh, but I find it also actually more the most real place I've seen. People are letting down um, the facades they've put up on, on Facebook or Instagram. So it's interesting how these places develop online where the, people have to hold up different personas. I struggle with Instagram right now because I don't have, for example, this perfect life that I can put up. And I think, well, if it's not pretty, people don't want to see it. Uh, I think we need to let go of that in this age. hundred percent. And I see young people doing that too, because the hashtag keep it real is really important. And that it's an excellent point that everything has a different energy. For example, Twitter, I lost my use, my password a while back and I'm happy that I did. Cause I well, I'm the kind of person I know energetically that I go all in. So I'm all in on my blog. I'm all in on my Instagram and I'm all in on, uh, I, and YouTube. And as you say that everything's different, my blog is really about older people. Some of them, it's all called thriving out of pressure. Some of them are having health issues or whatever, but the conversations, like some of my blog posts have a hundred comments on them and they're 500 words long. Instagram is younger. I find it's really there for my students and YouTube, it seems to be all young males. So, you know what I mean? But it's a great place to put that. And then what I do is I put, put it in there. So just you bringing that up, Candace, is showing that part of energy awareness is having permission to where you spend the time. Right. Yeah. Right. And we live in a world where we're sharing every moment with people. Yeah. So <laughs> no one would to shut it down. It's yeah. tiring. And, and do, you, do you take a break? I, well, you know, I've actually been on a pretty long break, to tell you the truth from okay. it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just sort of keeping the bare minimum right now because I really have been protecting my energy because I have yes. felt depleted and I felt sad and I didn't want to share that with people. So I'm just starting to come out of that shell now uh, a little bit and, and more willing to share and talk about it because I want to make sure I'm bringing the right energy to people that I'm talking to. I'm not looking to bring them down, but lift them up. So I want to make sure that I'm in the right headspace for that. And that's, um, it's important that you, this is a really important conversation right here. Because, you know, uh, we have enough of that in the world. Uh, like I said, you know, there's enough, you go to Facebook, you're going to live in a bad mood. Chances are, um, I wonder what do you think, you know, in light of, cause you know, we, every conversation seems to go or revolve around this pandemic. What do you think are going to be the primary concerns going forward? Things we need to really address with people. I would say number one, that anxiety was always an ep epidemic. Like we've, we're seeing it more so. So my biggest concern is equally the virus of the mind 
as it is the virus of the body. And so that giving people the tools to deal with being in public, because we have a lot of social anxiety to begin with, and that that people are you know equally concerned about being safe, but engaging in a meaningful way. So my concern really for younger kids is just the social skills. So how can the social skills continue to be enhanced? How and then for young people that they are that they move beyond the computer. So I would say that the biggest one is just being in the world in a different kind of way. I would say that. Yes. Yeah, I just want to say because you know I did a I did a um, a podcast with a futurist recently, and I asked her what her worst fear was, and she said a cyberpunk dystopia, which is um, high tech, low life, and that really that that one stung a little because you know that is sort of where we're heading as a society is we are wired in almost nonstop. I mean, we even have apps that are tracking our sleep for us. We're going to bed with something tracking our sleep. We are plugged in essentially all the time. So it it is going to be important to find those ways to connect and to disconnect using And be very accountable and conscious for it. So you tell me, how are you doing that with your girls? How are you conscious of that with the girls? Um, I'm conscious of it with, with me. Okay. But I am, I am struggling with them. And I think, I think I would say 80% of parents are struggling with this. Um, you know, we can't take it away. We have to, we have to teach management techniques. We have to model that. Um, so I, I struggle with this right now. I think most parents do struggle with this. How do we teach our kids that, you know, and, and there's the whole thing about, you know, these apps are built to give these kids a dopamine hit. I teach a course on drugs and behavior. And the interesting thing about technology is it bypasses the substance. So it absolutely goes right to the brain of the child. And, and if you look, or adult, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a casino. It's intermittent reinforcement. So if you were always, every time you went on, you got 100 likes, you wouldn't go on because it'd be expected. It's the variable about it. So I think really what applies, the three things, the strategies, and I'll just summarize them, applies to energy is really how you spend your energy. So number one, ask the girl, ask your daughters, ask yourself together, develop a routine around it. On a scale of one to 10, before I sit down on my phone, it is my, if my energy is a 10, when is my, what's my energy go to after 10 minutes? Do an experiment, make it fun. And then say the next day, let's go in after 20 minutes. And then after 30 minutes, so that really being more aware and conscious, keeping you in the moment, bringing the power back. Because yes, the phone really right now, as you, the futurist said, it's, it's, it's winning. It is. It is. And I also think it's important that, uh, you know, this, like I said, you know, at the beginning of this podcast is this education about psychology and how the mind works. The more you know, the more you understand that you're being manipulated. A hundred percent. Right. You don't know what you don't know. And so, yeah, the moment you recognize, oh, I just got used. I just got played. You're going to, you're going to shut that down. Yes. And, And back to, so we bring the psychology into the social media, into our behaviors, and realize that some personalities 
are going to be more effective than others. So if you if you look at a Myers-Briggs, somebody who's a, a, a feeler is going to be way more affected by the negativity on Facebook. Someone who's more of a logical, analytical mind, it's not going to affect them. So think about your two daughters. I have a feeling one is more affected than the other. And even the three of you, one is more effective than the other. So always make it a lesson. So really what it is is survival skills. It's a new set of survival skills. And then also put a time, like, like really a time limit. So one of the other reasons that we lose out to the phones is that the alternative isn't a lot of fun. But why does it have to be fun? Why can't we focus on accomplishment? Why can't we look at what are you going to tonight on Tuesdays? One of your daughters teaches you something out of the book on Thursdays. You're then you, you have a new recipe. I see you like to cook too. So that make the alternative more rewarding. And back to the first point, measure your energy before and after you do a grounded activity and compare that to the phone because we can never tell anybody what to do. They have to experience it themselves. Because what we're all trying to do is be in the flow. And what happens is in, in the zone, what happens whenever we're caught up in that inner critic in our mind, that it feels good. Like it feels damn fine when you go on, the, on your phone, like in your social media, like you're the boss and everything's happening for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And then it can have the equal opposite demoralizing effect. Yeah. So that at that point, going for a walk around the block, dancing to some music, like just little small alternatives that get you back in your body. And that's really when I say the whole idea of focus on energy more than time is time set from the outside. Energy set from the inside. Okay. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, this was this was wonderful, and I hope you'll come back and join me again Thank another you. time. But if people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way is to Google "thriving under pressure" or my website drandreadenardo.com, and I have a psychology YouTube channel that has 150 videos that I add to weekly. And the idea is, I really honor your time, Candace, and your viewers' time. So I want to make sure that you have a lesson in five minutes or less, and it's fun, and you want to apply it in your life, because that's what makes it sustainable. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Come on a journey like no other. 
where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.